My name is Alex, and you are very much welcome to this special podcast once again. I believe that the Lord continues to work mightily in your life in times like this, in this end time, in this special season. I pray that as the word of God comes forth, you are indeed blessed and you move from one realm of glory to another in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, the people who sat in darkness saw great light, and to them who sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. Now, throughout history and in the word of God, you will realize that there are so many people, men and women, who stumbled upon a certain truth and they were established. They are people who, by the virtue of their alignment and by the virtue of seeking God, whom they had never encountered before, they were established into the truth and actually became partakers of the inheritance that had been bestowed upon the children of Israel, inasmuch as these people did not belong to Israel. Okay? In the book of Ruth, we see the story of Elimelech and his wife Naomi, plus their two sons, Chilion and, and Malon, leaving the land of Israel because of the famine that was very high at the time. So they went to the land of Moab to be able to seek bread. Okay? So at a certain point, we know that Elimelech died, and also his two sons, Malon and Chilion, who had gotten married to Moabite women, uh, that is Ruth and, and Opa, respectively, these two sons also died. So, they are, uh, so Naomi was left with only her daughters-in-law, that is Opa and Ruth. So because of the distress of losing her husband and her sons, Naomi was so distraught, and she actually asked herself what, what she was basically doing uh, in Moab. So she sought to go back to her people. Okay, but as she went and decided to leave, we see the daughters-in-law following her. Okay, we see the daughters-in-law following her. Okay, at a certain point, Opa gave up and decided to go back to her people. But Ruth, Ruth, in as much as Naomi kept on insisting that go back to your people. Ruth was adamant. She had to go with her mother-in-law. She had to go to her mother-in-law. If I'm to read for you uh, from the book of Ruth, uh, uh, chapter 1, uh, uh, let, let, let me start from verse 16. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you, or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. This is uh, talking of Naomi. Now, 
the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem and it happened when they had come to Bethlehem all the city was excited because of them and the women said is this Naomi now we know the story of Ruth a Moabite woman we later know that she got married to a noble rich man Boaz uh, they gave birth to a son and they named him Obed and of course we know Obed was the father of Jesse Jesse is the father of David uh, the, uh, King David now Ruth a foreigner she had no business being a partaker of the inheritance and we know that even that time the children of Israel had actually been forbidden from marrying foreign women. But what was special about her and what was it about her that made her an exception? What was it about her that made her stumble upon this great life? That indeed she was a partaker of the inheritance that was initially only supposed to be for the children of Israel. She told Naomi, wherever you go, I go. Your people shall be my people and your God shall be my God. <laughs> the scripture tells us that I love those that love me and those that seek me early shall find me. She sought the Lord and found him. But you ask yourself, Does it mean that even non-believers have an inward witness? Does it mean that these people are also moved by a certain conscience? And they are also moved by an inner voice that seems to whisper a certain truth? revelation of God could it be what actually happened to Boaz's mother Rahab because you know you know that uh, actually uh, Rahab later on became uh, the, uh, basically the mother-in-law of, of Ruth uh, Okay, scripture doesn't tell us whether actually by the time Ruth got married to Boaz, Rahab was still alive. But we know that Rahab, the prostitute, was the mother of, of Boaz. Now, we know that this Rahab is the one who hid the spies when they came into Jericho to basically spy the land before they could be able to take over the land. The scripture tells us in Hebrews 11 uh, verse 31 By faith the hallowed Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. How did she know that these are God's special people so I need to treat them well and we know that for her and her whole household was spared 
after the walls of Jericho came uh, tumbling down and of course the children of Israel basically uh, uh, taking over the land. There are people, women and men in the word of God who were established in the truth of God because they sought for something that was higher. They sought for something that was incredible. And because the Lord purposed before the foundation of the world, for many of us, if we seek certain things that are in light with the revelation of God, be it consciously or subconsciously, we are actually going to be established into the truth. We are going to be established into the purpose of God. You know, the scripture tells us in Exodus 23, verse 20, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way, to bring you into the place which I have prepared. That means there is a special place that the Lord has prepared for his children. And each one of us has an angel who is directing us, who is basically leading us into that place. But how many of us are conscious of this being? How many of us actually know how to trigger our angels to bring us to this place that the Lord has prepared for us? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? That is in Hebrews 1, 14. And they, the scripture has told us that the Lord has sent an angel ahead of us to keep us in the way, to bring us to the place that the Lord has prepared for us. So, what limit are we going to be able to put on the service that the Lord has prepared for us through his angels. If we see that the Lord did not withhold his hand from people who seemingly dwelt in darkness and looked destined for death, but when they sought him and when they stumbled unto the truth, he was quick to establish them. How much more now for us who are actually labeled the heirs of salvation? How much more shall we actually inherit? Because we know the truth and we actually read these ancient truths from archives and from the word of God. Things that we can be able to pattern on so that we can also have the manifestation of the word of God uh, uh, established in us where we can also testify of the goodness of the Lord with joy and with singing. You see? I tell you, I tell you, 
And wherever we go, the Lord is continuously clearing our path. The Lord is continuously showing us the actual place where we are supposed to be and where we are mandated to be. For as long as we seek Him, we are going to be able to see Him. We continue to see and look at these people that seemingly dwelt in darkness but they stumbled upon a great light. They stumbled upon a great light. Have you looked at the story of Gideon in the book of Judges, chapter 6? The Bible tells us that Gideon, who was a Midianite, He said he's coming. Sorry, Gideon, who uh, uh, Gideon, who was an Israel Israelite, because Israelites had been so much inflicted by the by the Midianites. Gideon, who was from Manasseh, and he says that his family is the least even in uh, in Manasseh. But he is the one that the Lord called. He is the one that was able to, to actually lead the children of Israel and judge them to bring them into a place of liberty, to bring them into a place where now they couldn't be merely afflicted by the workings of the Midianites. Okay? In the book of Judges, chapter 6, the Bible tells us that he actually destroyed the altars of Baal and he was later called Jerobal. That was Gideon for someone who was the least in his family. Manasseh for someone who looked like he was basically in darkness yet the word of God tells us that he was the one who actually led his people out of out of that pit out of that place where they looked like it was all over for them. It was all over for them. But he came to the fore, having received an encounter. When you receive an encounter with the Lord, that is all that you need. That is all that you need to establish you. That is all that you need to bring you to that place of the light. Because there is no way the Midianites now could mess with someone who had gotten a word from God. But we have the sure word of prophecy in this era. The word of God tells us that we are above and not beneath. 
But why is it that there's so many of us who are still wallowing in all kinds of afflictions, all kinds of disease, poverty, all kinds of lack, yet we continuously see from the portions of scripture of people who actually didn't really have much to refer to, but they got a certain truth. They got a certain revelation. Something that brought forth a miracle. Okay? Look at the story of Obed-Edom in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 13. When Uzzah tried to hold the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord struck him dead. And people were actually scared of God. The scripture tells us in, uh, in, in verse 12 that David, that David said, How can I bring the ark of God to me? So David could not move the ark of, uh, the, the ark of God to his city, but instead took it in the house of Obed-Edom, who was a Gittite. The scripture tells us that Obededom was blessed so much and in all that he had, that even the king heard about it. Why didn't Obededom tell David, you know what, I've heard what happened to, to Uzzah. I cannot take the ark of the God, but he gladly took it in his household. And because of that, he saw the hand of God blessing. How are we going to pattern ourselves to see to it that the true light basically shines in our lives and we are able to walk in understanding and in the mandate of the revelation of God to bring us into that place where we are a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. You see, the Bible tells us in Psalms 119, verses 111, that your testimony have I received as a heritage forever, for it is the rejoicing of my heart. When you receive a testimony from God, it is what establishes us. It is what gives us that experience where we can never be at the mercy of someone who is basically speaking theoretically or someone who has an argument. In so many places, we see, and we continue to see, that there were people who had no business, but because they saw a truth and they sought it, they indeed received this testimony where they were sure the hand of God is able to move them even from the lowest of pits. I do not have children yet, but I know the kind of pain that someone goes through when they have lost a child. 
So just imagine the kind of pain that probably initially happened to the Shunammite woman. But you know what she continuously told herself? It shall be well. It is well. How did she get into that place? Because she received an encounter. Second Kings chapter chapter 4 if I'm to start reading from verse 8 now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem where there was a noble woman and she persuaded him to eat some food so it was as often as he passed by he would turn in there to eat some food and she said to her husband look now I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be whenever he comes to us he, sh- he shall turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi his servant, Call this Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him and he came uh, to him say now to her look you have been concerned for us with all this care what can I do for you do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army she answered I dwell among my own people so he said what then is to be done for her and Gehazi answered actually she has no son and her husband is old so he said call her When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, About this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, No, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. Okay, uh, when we read further, you actually notice that uh, she later got a son. She got a son. And uh, later on, uh, when the son had grown, uh, a, a bit older there was a particular day that the son just came to his father and cried my head my head then uh, then the father uh, basically uh, uh, told one of the servants you take this boy to his mother so he went and lay on the laps of his mother and at around uh, at around noon uh, the boy died but now The woman just went and asked the servant for donkeys to go and meet uh, the man of God at Mount uh, Carmel. But the husband was a bit concerned and asked asked her, it's neither the Sabbath nor the, uh, nor, uh, the new moon. Why do you really want to trouble the man of God? And she told the husband, it shall be well. She never even told the husband that their son had died. Now, this is the tone of someone who, a, year, uh, who uh, a few years earlier, as she received the prophecy, she told the man of God, no, do not lie to me, man of God. So she moved from that level to this place where she's, regardless of the pit that she seemingly was into, she said, it shall be well. And scripture tells us, even when she saw the man of God, she told the man of God, it is well. And we know the testimony that arose from it. For the boy indeed was raised from death, from darkness.
This is someone who received an encounter. Now, these things are written in the Word of God for our admonition. These things are written that we can be able to pattern our lives. That we can also be partakers of the incredible testimonies that can happen if we earnestly seek the Lord without departing from His purpose. If we earnestly seek the Lord and know that indeed when we purpose in our hearts that there is only one that can put us out of a situation, we shall indeed see the hand of God manifest. You see, many times I have asked myself, how is it possible that in an era where the Lord Jesus Christ was in the midst of the children of Israel and he kept on doing incredible miracles, there were all people who benefited from his works. But then the Pharisees constantly came and fought him and said he was using Beelzebub. And they continuously asked him for a sign. But even after seeing the sign and certain things and the tremendous miracles, there is, they still opposed him. They still fought him. Is it possible that there are people who seemingly look in darkness but they stumbled upon this truth? You see, there are two people in the Bible who are talked about who had great faith. In the book of Matthew, chapter 8, there's a Roman centurion who is talked about. Verse 5 tells us Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I said to this one, go and he goes and to another come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it when jesus heard it he marveled and said to to those who followed assuredly i say to you i have not found such great faith not even in israel now this is someone who would actually pass off uh, pass off as someone who had probably never ever heard a word from the Lord. But somehow there was an inner witness that made him yearn for this greater truth. That is why he told the Lord, just speak, speak, because he saw a certain authority. A certain authority. 
a certain authority that basically just speaks a word and something is manifest. Do you remember in the book of Mark, uh, chapter 4, when, uh, uh, when, when, uh, when, when the wind was contrary unto, uh, unto the Lord while, uh, while uh, they, they were on the boat, The scripture tells us in verse uh, uh, 39, when he arose and rebuked, uh, rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful, and how is it that you have no faith? And the disciples feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, how is it possible that the Lord Jesus Christ is able to tell the disciples that they have basically little faith? Where is your faith? Yet we have a Roman centurion who probably had heard of the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ and he comes and tells the Lord, just speak. But his disciples had seen the Lord because they moved with him. How is it possible? that sat in darkness have seen a great light. You see, the other person that was talked about who had great faith was the Syrophoenician woman. In the book of Matthew, chapter 15, the scripture tells us that this woman came and was crying unto the Lord. Have mercy upon me, son of David. Have mercy upon me. Of course, we know that the Lord Jesus Christ was from the lineage of King David, the son of, uh, uh, from the lineage of King David. And son of David was basically the Messiah. The scripture tells us that she shouted many times, but the Lord did not say a word. The Lord did not say a word. And actually the disciples were even trying to to uh, Tell her to shut up. <clears throat> you see, the Lord told her that he was not sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the scripture tells us in first uh, 25, then she came and worshipped worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said unto her, It is not good to take children's bread and throw it to little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. 
Let it be unto you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now, these are people who sought for something that was high. These are people who sought for something that was above. It's the kind of thing that the Samaritan woman sought for. You remember, after having an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ and asking the Lord to give her the water that speaks of eternal life that she might drink, she went unto the, to her people and told them, Come and see a man who told me all things that I ever did. And she went on to say, Could they could he give a Messiah? Could this man give a Messiah? And of course, later on, the scripture tells us that these people who believed, not because of what the woman had said, but because of what they had seen. These are people who seemingly looked out of the chosen ones of Israel. But they stumbled upon the truth that this was the Messiah. And they were transformed. What limit are we going to place on, on the Lord? And how far are we going to limit ourselves in our quest for the deepest for the deeper things of God? And how much more are we going to achieve if we actually purpose to dwell in the inner courts of the Lord? You see, there are many of us, because of the certain situations that we have encountered, and because of certain things that we have encountered, our faith wavers. And we think because everything is basically just crashing around us and now we seemingly think we are in a pit and no one can get us out of. But is the hand of God so short that it cannot take you out? Does it mean that the Lord is not going to hear the cry of his own people? are a chosen generation. Know your mandate in Christ and know your inheritance in Christ because the Lord cannot leave you for as long as you seek after him. You see, we should know who we are in Christ. We are here in Christ. And there is no way that the Lord is going to turn the other side when we cry unto him. Romans 8.15 tells us, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. He is our Father. We cannot be moved by the things that seem 
to be dragging us left, right, and center. All driven in this cage of bondage and fear, thinking that we cannot break out of this box. If some of these Gentiles sought for a God that was unknown, a God that was not familiar unto them, how about you who has been called a heir and a joint heir with Christ? You who has been glorified, how about you? Don't think that you qualify yourself. It is the Lord who qualifies us. Colossians 1.12 tells us that we give thanks unto the Lord who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. We are the saints in the light. We are his chosen children. We are his chosen people. We should move with this understanding. We should move with this knowledge, knowing that indeed he shall never leave us nor forsake us. You see, he chose us for a time like this, a season like this, a season where we are supposed to move in dominion. We are supposed to move and establish the right dominion in the lead-up to the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see? The scripture tells us in 3 John 2 that, Beloved, I wish above all that you may prosper in all things, be in health, even as your soul prospers. This is supposed to be our portion in times like this. This is supposed to be something that we enter into, that the whole world might know that indeed the hand of the Lord is upon us. We cannot run away from faith. Hebrews 11, 6 tells us, without faith it is impossible to believe God. For he that comes unto him must believe that he is, and he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And as you know, the scripture tells us in Habakkuk 2.4, that the just shall live by his faith. This is the same scripture that is given to us in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, the just shall live by faith. It is this faith in God, the one true God, who breaks us out of bondage, that can place us in a place of liberty, for whom the Son sets free, is free indeed. How is it possible that you can call yourself a heir in Christ, but we are still lying in a state of of crying in deep pain, in sorrow, like as if our Father has abandoned us. Like I said, if there are these people, the Gentiles, who stumbled upon the truth, and they actually became partakers of the great inheritance that was 
specifically, initially for the seed of Abraham. How about us who are called joint heirs in Christ? We should have a vision. We should meditate upon the things that we want to see in our lives. That we may talk of this testimony that shall be speaking for the rest of our lives. That even more and more men may be drawn unto the true light. You see, regardless of how something might delay, for as long as we have a vision and we trust God, it shall surely come to pass. That's why the scripture tells us in Habakkuk chapter 2, from verse 2 to 3. The Lord answered and told unto Habakkuk, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Regardless of how long you have waited, regardless of how deep the situation is, for as long as you do not take your eyes off the Lord, in whom we have a rich identity, in whom we have a rich inheritance, your testimony shall be speaking. That's why the Bible tells us that the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The Lord is not man that he shall lie. For as long as we trust him diligently and continuously seek him, we shall see his word manifest in all that we do. So for everything that we do, we should know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And know constantly that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And we should know and move with the consciousness that he is faithful. He is a faithful God and he is not going to withhold anything from us. Let us pattern our lives unto the truth and truth the actual light that can only stem from God because he is the only one that is going to rise us raise us into that place of our genuine inheritance so as you move remember one thing that us being called the children of God and his sons is no sorrow that he cannot heal. There is no place that he cannot take us out of for as long as it's unpleasant. I pray that regardless of the situation that you're in, regardless of how dark it might seem, that you call unto him because he shall answer you 
and he shall reveal unto you the things that you thought were impossible. The things that you thought were never going to happen to you. Because indeed, he is a loving father and he can never put you to shame. The same way these people cried unto him and he brought restoration. So shall it be in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Be blessed.